This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I think the best measure of how the economy is performing, you know, gives us the best sense of what's going on is just jobs because we can measure jobs. If wage growth continues to pick up, as I expect it will, the Fed's going to be increasingly uncomfortable having rates close to zero. From this point forward, all economics can tell you is that once the unemployment rate dips down below 5%, that wages should pick up. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. A jobs day from New York City. Welcome all of you coast to coast. Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 99.1 FM, Washington and Baltimore. Bloomberg 1130 New York, an early morning San Francisco, 960, the Bay Area, a uh, Sirius and XM channel, to the Warriors 119 as well. The Warriors, they did it. They, 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 they exciting. up LeBron and company, um, even though Steph Curry didn't have a great game. So. Yeah, but it was certainly a big step. Now it's time you, for the Sharks <clears throat> to step up. Yeah, Saturday. We'll see what they do in San Jose. Anyways, jobs coverage here in the next 30, 29 minutes. Let's make it. And, uh, we have a wonderful schedule. We just had Alan Kruger on from Princeton with a broader perspective. Bill Gross will join us not only on his concerns about Washington, the Fed, and of course, Bill Gross on what fixed income instruments will do and sandwiched Michael McKee in between Jim Glassman. Of oh, JP Morgan. Start with the best here. Well, we would do that. Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting, tax, advisory, look ahead, gain insight. Imagine more. The professionals at Cone Resnick can help your business break through. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. Jim Glassman with us to get us started. What is the single thing you will observe at 830? What I find that's great about your work, Jim, is every month it's something different. Yeah, but, you know, now the interesting things in the job market report are the signals that people are coming back into the job market. That's a harder thing to see right up front. But, you know, the 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, we're seeing as the job market improves, the people who uh, gave up during the recession, they're slowly coming back in. So now the signs of improvement are beginning to be a little more, a little less visible. So do we see that in the labor participation rate, which went up one, two, three, four, five, six months, and then a pause last month? Yeah. The, the problem is I'm really, I think you need to focus more about on the people who are prime working age because there is a demographic thing going on and it confuses. So if people are dropping out and, and retiring, you'll have the labor force participation rate held down. But when you have uh, younger people who were cut out coming back in, that's helping to boost it. So that's part of it. But you know, you need a little more granularity. You need to look more closely at what's going on with each of the population groups. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, – but, you know, we've, we've seen enough on the job situation between jolts, ADP, and jobless claims. The picture looks pretty steady. So I, I don't think – and we do have a strike, the Verizon strike, that's going to pollute this particular report. It'll be hard to see through some of it. So it may be it may be a little noisy this report, but I think the truth is what we're getting is an economy that's getting closer to full employment than it was. It's not there yet, but closer than it was, which means everything's going to start slowing down a little bit in the labor market, and you'll see a little better trends and wages starting to pick up over time. Nothing's nothing's really dramatic here. Everything in the establishment survey is is going to be polluted, as you put it, by the Verizon yeah. strike. Um, the the change in payrolls, hours hours work, work uh, yeah, it'd be hard uh, to read wages. It. Is there a 10-second tutorial on, on what people on a trading desk should do when the number comes out to, you know, in their heads adjust? Well, I think people are going to say if it's 150 or more, uh, good enough that it keeps the possibility of a Fed move in June on the table. 
it's probably less about these data than it is about the uncertainty with the British referendum vote and other things that bother them. But to me, I think the case has been pretty good that the economy is on track. The Fed started this normalization process in December. They held off in March, but the economy is doing well enough that it makes sense to continue. And I think the more the Fed can do in baby steps, the more confident you become down the road. And and one thing, Jim Glassford, that Mike McKee learned me uh, is the quit rate. Mike's big on the jolt survey. And the quit rate, Mike, it's it's essentially – in the vicinity of where it was in 2006. Yeah, when people feel good about their jobs and confident they can find something, they will be inclined to quit more frequently. And, you know, um, you're hearing all kinds of surveys and stories about people getting frustrated with the job they got a while ago. That's sort of a natural that, – that's a, that's a good sound to economists because that means the people are feeling more confident in the jobs. There are more opportunities opening up. Um, the first step is to get into the job market. The next step is to look at your options and try to migrate into something better. Raises a question, though, um, and again, it's going to be hard because of the Verizon strike, but what would be a reasonable level of job growth? And the reason I ask that is because uh, from what we understand, it's getting harder and harder to find yeah. employees. And yeah. this 200,000-plus rate that we've had for so long is just normal. not sustainable. Yeah, you know, we don't really know for sure. People throw out numbers like 75,000 to 100,000 because when you look at our labor force growth, uh, the labor force has slowed down because of demographics. The problem is we still have a lot of young people uh, coming back into the job market. We're still, probably still a million shy of where we were back in 2007. So it's hard to know what is a normal labor force growth just yet because you still have this cyclical unwind going on. But my guess is it's not more than 100,000 jobs a month. Well, does that, I mean, because this is the, the headlines last month. We got 160,000 jobs. Yeah. And everybody said, terrible jobs know, month. No, that's a mistake. Uh, this is, we should expect the job growth to slow down gradually toward that 100,000 or so. As, as we keep making progress, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed that we still see 200,000 a month with all that, you know, it's, it's kind of, I hear people saying it's harder to find people with the right skills, but it's sort of a reminder that there still is a, there are still a lot of people out there who gave up earlier who are well, available. Okay. I, I gotta, I gotta read this headline. Michael McKee, this is the headline of the day. This is from May 24th. It's from the Economic Policy Institute, which everybody reads. It's a, I'm going to call it a more progressive, a liberal labor website. They're worried about the have-nots far more than the elites and the haves. Mike, this is great. Ross Eisenberg, universities oppose paying their postdocs overtime but we'll pay football coaches millions of dollars. <laughs> that's a classic. That's like an onion headline of the EPI, except yeah. that's an actual EPI headline. But but Jim Glassman, the reason I bring it up, it goes to the social tension yep. that yeah. you have covered There's for a lot. decades. There's a lot of that going on, and <clears throat> which is why the – the politics of this season are different than anyone expected. We're, well, we're tapping into that, that Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump are tapping okay, into that community. Let me bring it back to 8.30 this morning in 22 minutes. We're going to do 200,000 jobs. Mike, you had that killer chart this morning showing every month the same. Yeah, yeah. All our audience wants to know, Dr. Glassman, are they good jobs? Yeah. And, you know, it's no longer about the recovery. The recovery's happened, and we're doing a pretty good job. The issue has been something that's been festering for a couple decades. Agreed. And that is all the innovation that's been going on, very disruptive. 
there's all kinds of disruptive things going on in many different industries. And it's um, a lot of people have lost jobs to the robots and other things that get done. And all this technology is sort of making life more competitive. Well, I don't, doing I don't know. A, a robot isn't taking over for football coaches, making millions at Some, colleges. I mean, someone may be trying. But the core issue, the mail that Michael and I get, yeah. is are these good jobs? The vast majority of our listeners say no, they're not. No. And, you know, the, the thing is, when you're in a recovery, the first jobs you're getting are never the best job. The, the first thing, first things first, get a job. And then what you find out, if the economy continues to chug along, no problems, no downturn, these first start jobs turn into better jobs. I'm not sure they turn into better pay. If you had a job in the auto plant 10 years ago, it's, you're probably not getting the same pay that you were then. And that's the issue. I think, I, I think, I think the first thing though, you get the economy back on its feet, we have a better shot at Helping the people who've been cut out that you get, you get some of the things that are going on that are disruptive do create new opportunities, but it takes time. And I, I, I think yeah. when you pile a recession on top of a really difficult innovation disruptions, it makes it much worse for everybody. Uh, Tom loves the, um, Atlanta Fed, uh, wage tracker and uh, a lot of people, I mean, it's, it's different. The wage tracker looks yeah. at people who had a job 12 months before yeah. and, and what they're making now. It's and, slower. And, uh, but what the interesting uh, piece they had out today, uh, suggesting that, um, if you have a job and have quit and gone to a new job, your pay is going up faster than people who are just in the same job. Because, I mean, it makes they're sense. They're more mobile. But, that does yeah. make sense. They're probably more mobile. They're people who are willing to take the risk jumping into some new... And, new co- and companies are willing to pay up to lure people away from other jobs, which we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, I heard a lot of this. I was in uh, Western Michigan yesterday, and people there are complaining. They're having to work. They're having to pay is going up because they're having a hard time keeping people in the area in some of these jobs. So you hear pockets of that. Technology has certainly been one of them. The thing... Well... We're going to come back. Jim Glassman with us with J.P. Morgan. He'll be with us uh, moving through this half hour. He'll stay after the jobs report to give you <laughs> immediate perspective on it. For those of you that don't know this, it's not just about three numbers or two numbers. There's like four pages of minute detail. We try to get through it as soon as we can. And, of course, we'll give you the market reaction. The number one statistic I look at off any jobs report is a two-year yield. Point eight eight two nine. I write the numbers down right here in our world headquarters, four or five key numbers like yen and gold and that. And we'll do that at 8.30 this morning. Let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Five soldiers were killed and four are missing after an Army troop carrier overturned in a rain-swollen creek at Fort Hood, Texas. Parts of Texas have been inundated with rain in the last week. More than half of the state is under flood watches or warnings, including the counties near Fort Hood. The swollen Seine River is still rising, setting off a scramble by curators at the Louvre to protect a huge trove of art from the museum's priceless collection from the flooding in France. The Seine, which officials said was at its highest level in about 35 years, is forecast to peak today. Refugees continue to lose their lives attempting sea crossings to get to Europe. Libya's Navy spokesman says more than 100 bodies of migrants have been retrieved after a boat capsized off Libya's shores. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Mike LeBar. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. Let's wander across the screen and look at key data. Two-year, 0.8829 futures. 
are flat. The yen, 108.88. Michael McKee and Tom Keene with Bill Gross and Jim Glassman. Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer. There's no better way to experience summer than the car of your dreams, and now you can get the expertly crafted Mercedes-Benz for less than you can imagine. Visit your Tri-State dealer or mbusa.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are little change with a jobs report just about 13 minutes away from now. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. U.S. futures remain quiet ahead of the data with Dow futures currently higher by 19 points. Sesapis gain a point and Nasdaq futures are lower by one. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.79 percent and Asia markets rose overnight. While European markets are also trading higher this morning, the U.K. gains one percent. On the economic front, those job numbers, non-farm payrolls estimate 160,000, unemployment rate estimate 4.9 percent. At 9.45, market U.S. services PMI, and at 10 o'clock, factory orders and ISM non-manufacturing composite. After the bell last night, Broadcom and Amberella beat. Cooper Companies boosted year-adjusted EPS and revenue forecasts, and the gap made comp sales beat estimates. In dealing news, Delta and United Continental are said to be weighing bids for Latin American airline Avianca Holdings. Avianca shares up 29% pre-market. HC2 said it's willing to raise its Anderson's offer and Talon Energy to be acquired by Riverstone for $14 a share. In other news, Valent gets added notice of default on delayed 10Q filing. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Deer raised to buy from neutral over at Goldman Sachs. Union Pacific raised to overweight at Morgan Stanley. And Weatherford raised to overweight versus neutral over at Piper. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. And Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance is Jobs Day brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to say goodbye to the traditional 60-40 stock bond allocation. Say hello to alternatives as a core part of modern portfolios. Learn more at Invesco.com slash alt. Mike, I think there's some important backdrops. Mexican peso has had a horrific week, 8.71. It breaks out to new weakness this week, not through the February uh, record weakness, but um, I would look at Mexican peso into the week uh, as well. And German yields flat out grind lower through the week. We had a .09 handle on the 10-year yield. That's a big deal to break below .10. Right now we are at .101% on the German 10-year yield. Couple of people, uh, you, you mentioned the peso this morning. I looked at a couple of people who sent us, uh, analyst reports on what's going on with the peso. I read through one from the folks at BMP Paribas. Uh, it's like 10 or 11 pages and their bottom line conclusion is they don't know. Um, <laughs> it seems to be a combination of, of factors, but there's no good reason for it. They, they, their conclusion yeah. was it's oversold. We're not going to send anybody the report. Don't, don't ask us, but, um, but, uh, they, they thought it was oversold and it might turn around. Uh, it just goes to show. Hey, this gets to something that Jim and I were just talking about. Jim Glassman with us from JP Morgan Chase, uh, about, um, how confusing data can be, and you noted uh, that uh, a friend of yours at the Council of Economic Advisors once said, "Data don't have to make sense," and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, 
And actually, you know, for, for a situation like we're in now with the, the uh, jobs report being distorted, the numbers uh, trying to be added up by the Fed and everything, uh, you're sitting there smiling. This is fun, you, oh, yeah. you said. This is our guilty pleasure of most economists. <laughs> we, we love confusion because then you can sit and try to figure out what, why does thing, why do things not, not make sense? Very often you find that it's because we're not measuring things properly or there's just normal seasonal distortions going on. And, like first quarter growth? Yeah. Yeah, like everybody, everyone talks about the economy through the lens of GDP, but GDP itself is extremely volatile, and 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 the government's analysts are now acknowledging that there's this very big seasonal problem that's been going on for ten years. So you know that's why that's why the job market trends are so valuable. It's not just any one number, but it's the whole package of different job trends. That's what's really going on in the economy. Well, the other stuff that we have is just trying to guess what's going on. How do you respond? And, you know, we were talking about job shortages. And if I talk to people in skilled service sector areas, they're screaming about the difficulty of keeping people. Yeah. And, and all that. I get that. Yeah. But the how do you respond to the vast majority of our listeners who say economists and blue blazers with a blue shirt are nuts? That would be you, Jim. Yeah. That would be you. How <laughs> they do always well dressed. Here's the problem. If you look at who has really suffered the biggest changes over the last couple of decades, uh, look at job growth, job, the share of the economy that's in different jobs by pay, what you realize is it's, it's, it's the folks in the middle, in the manufacturing business in particular, who've really gotten squeezed out. And no, a lot of those guys are in their 50s. Um, if you lose a job because of things that are going on in the world and projects are being shifted somewhere else or innovation, it's very difficult when you're in your 50s to retrain for something else. So you're going to have a tough time finding a job that pays you as well as what you had. I think those are a lot of the folks that we're hearing from. They're the ones that complain. So, yeah, where the new where the new opportunities are, the technology area, some of the higher skilled service jobs – you, if you were lucky and you have the skills and you were able to develop in, in your twenties, you're probably in good shape. But it, it's very tough for people to learn the new technology if you've lost a job that you had and you thought mm-hmm. you were going to have for the rest of your life. So it's really that middle, and you see all kinds of hints of this: the skills gap, the, the folks in the middle are the ones that have really been cut out. Before we uh, get to the number, which comes up in about six minutes or so. Verizon included. What, yeah. what are you expecting today? Uh, and, and what would be a good report from your point of view? Well, I think anything over 135, uh, maybe over 150 or better would have to be viewed. I think people would tend to view it as pretty decent or pretty much the same because you'd add, you get, you have, you have to add 35,000 to whatever you see. And then there's normal volatility. And it is, it was pretty weak in the month of April. Some people think that's a signal that the job market's losing momentum. I doubt it yet. It's probably coming, but I doubt it. So I think anything 150,000 or over is going to be viewed as pretty decent. 125, you'd say, well, that's sort of more like the April. But maybe, you know, but, but 125 is not so bad either. 20 seconds. Does Janet Yellen care about this jobs report? I'm uh, claiming she will not. I think she cares about all job reports, but I don't think this is the issue for her right now. I, th- I think What is um, the issue then? I think the issue is the uncertainty surrounding this British referendum vote mm-hmm. and, the, yeah. and, the, uh, and, and the uncertainty it's creating in the European community. Not that she can do anything about it, but right. I think if there's no rush, 
it, you know, the uncertainty about that might make you want to hold off until you get past yeah. all this. My answer, and I think you're entirely correct, Dr. Glassman, is I look at my Bloomberg screen and it tells me the uncertainties out there yeah. for the chair of the Fed. Jim Glassman uh, with us. Bill Gross will join us here, but we'll have Dr. Glassman immediately following the jobs report uh, for you. Futures are flat. Coming up with the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.